Hey, I have a secret. Uh-huh. I use secret whole body deodorant because more than just my armpits stink. Uh-huh. Can I use it where my bra rubs under my... Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what about down there? You know, my... Totally. Four out of five gynecologists would recommend it. So I tried it, and now I get 72 hours of freshness from my pits to my... Ooh, I love that it's a spray. Me too. And it comes in sticks and creams too. Go get your secret whole body deodorant. Mina Khan, Israel Gutierrez, Marcel Louis Jacques, Pablo Estore. All stars. But put your hands up, we got a snubbery. It's a game as old as your host. You want somebody in, you gotta take somebody out. Just like the club, one in, one out. And skills for the Pro Bowl and for the NHL, but do we have a most useful skill in the skills competition? That's my question. Let's go around the horse. NHL has got a million dollars on the line. Getting a million dollars is a useful skill. Jim Harbaugh starts us off. It needs to be multiple, multiple championships. Uh, and that's, we're going to be hum, humble and hungry, uh, but you know, that's our goal. Multiple championships. We got multiplicity here. On Around the Horn. Mina Kimes, I don't have to say anymore. Around the Horn to you. What's the first step Harbaugh needs for the Chargers to achieve this dream? He's going to have to turn over the roster, Tony. Uh, you know, the Chargers' lack of success in recent years has been attributed a lot to their former head coach, Brandon Staley. But the reality is the roster was also very injured, aging, and lacking talent in key spots. Now Jim Harbaugh joins a team that is uh, over $40 million over the cap. And when you look at the top cap hits on that roster, it is Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on offense, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on defense. They're going to have to trade or cut probably at least two of those players. The problem is those are four of their best players. So I would urge patience for Chargers fans and for anyone who thinks Jim Harbaugh is going to win multiple championships immediately because the roster needs to turn over before they can do so. Israel Gutierrez had you hear Harbaugh saying multiple championships. Yeah. Well, the first step has already been taken because he can say multiple championships and you believe him because this isn't a, you know, a first year uh, NFL head coach. This isn't a college coach coming to the NFL level. This isn't even a guy who failed in the NFL and is coming back to a new team. This is a guy who made it to the Super Bowl with the 49ers. And so whether or not he has a Super Bowl ready team with him uh, at the start, he's got players presumably in that locker room who will believe in this, who will believe in the long haul, in the build up to however many years it takes to win a Super Bowl. So that is step one. After that, it's just becoming a Jim Harbaugh type team, as he says, and most most coaches say in this situation, be really physical and start from the inside out. Well, with Harbaugh, we've seen him do that and succeed. And so even if you have players who maybe aren't, don't believe they're the most talented in the league, they're going to okay. work their tails off. So it sounds like you're buying Harbaugh. this. So that is step number one. You're not already. asking yeah. for as much patience, it seems, as, as Mina was asking for. Marcel Louis-Jacques, how did you hear Jim Harbaugh saying multiple championships in his intro press conference? I mean, you got to fire up that fan base anyways, right? Like, somehow those eight people in Los Angeles have Yo, to be excited no, about that's, this that's a low, low there, my friend. Oh, my friend. <laughs> but, no, in, in all reality, I'm really interested in what his offensive philosophy is going to be because when it comes to Jim Harbaugh, those teams control the game on the ground. Michigan, San Francisco, all were prominent ground games. 
you don't have a running back right now that I think you can hang your hat on. You've got a quarterback you're paying a quarter billion dollars to in Justin Herbert. You're going to have to change your philosophy. And a guy like Jim Harbaugh, it's kind of a my way or the highway. He comes and he sets the tone, right? Like he establishes his brand of football. You're going to have to change that a little bit. So I love when he says multiple because he's going to have to have multiple offensive philosophies for the Los Angeles. All right, so you like it still. Pablo, I'll bring you in here. Remember, LeBron, this is not apples to apples, but LeBron, not five, not six, not seven. Everybody laughed. There is not one Super Bowl championship in the history of this franchise, and now he's saying multiple in his intro press conference. Yeah, keep in mind, by the way, Brandon Staley used to win press conferences too. He was really good at them early on, and then the team stopped being quite as good, and then he started losing those press conferences. So the charisma I appreciate from Jim Harbaugh, they need it for the reasons that Marcel was alluding to with the fan base. But the look, this is a story to me about Justin Herbert. Okay. When Jim Harbaugh talks about Justin Herbert, he says, I feel starstruck. He says there's another level for that guy to get to. And when you get to the resume of Harbaugh, the guy who has been a quarterback whisperer in a real way, Colin Kaepernick, J.J. McCarthy, Andrew Luck at Stanford, all of that stuff, Tony. What we're talking about with Justin Herbert is a guy who the pressure will be on this season, even if he needs help on the roster. But the excuses, the, the variables of like, well, now you, gotta, now you got the quarterback coach, so why isn't this guy as good? It may not be fair for these structural reasons, but just know the press conference is going to be landing on the quarterback, not so much on Harbaugh mm, this season. That's a little bit of pressure. The coach just threw towards the quarterback with multiple championships. Mean, and we had this conversation last week. Kevin Clark said a Super Bowl within five years. George Sedano one-upped him, said a Super Bowl within three years. Do I hear too, Mina? I I think success would be winning a playoff game. Let's start there, especially in an AFC that is absolutely stacked with talent, of course, in an AFC West that has the team that is going to the Super Bowl. I'll push back on something Pablo said, though. This offense has not been the problem in L.A. with Justin Herbert. They've been a top-ten unit during the Brandon Staley era. Obviously, Herbert was hurt last year. It was a bottom five defense last year. That's why Brand Staley is no longer the head coach. And the problem with that defense is, as I said earlier, they're probably going to have to move on from one of their best pass rushers. That's going to take a while to improve. Mm-hmm. We've been horrible. Move on. NBA All-Stars. You want the list? Here's the list. Those first-timers, Jalen Brunson, Paolo Boncaro, Tyrese Maxey, who celebrated by scoring 51 versus Utah. That's enormous for them. It's a mix of old and young and combine it with the starters, but not every contender represented. And now we play the snub game. If you want somebody in, you gotta take somebody out. Israel Gutierrez, around the horn to you. Yeah, I'm gonna start with De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. Absolutely should be an all-star. 27 points a game, just hang on to that number because it's gonna be uh, set a couple of times. That gets you into the all-star game, especially as a guard, especially as a guard who's got the fifth place team in the Western Conference. In the Eastern Conference, I'll go with Trey Young. And if you look at the top 18 scorers in the league this year, all of them got in except for two, De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young. And I think for Trey, you can take out Paolo Vancaro. I know it's not a position situation, but, you know, positionless basketball in the All-Star game, that's what I play anyway. Trey Young is probably the king of snubs, having uh, giving you, like, MVP-type numbers. If, if other players are giving you these numbers on other teams, you're talking about him in the MVP discussion. Instead, with Trey Young, it's like, hey, your team's terrible. Well, his team is not that terrible. They're in the play-in discussion. A play-in team last year made the NBA Finals. So Trey Young probably should make an all-star team with those numbers. Marcel Louis-Jacques, you played the snub game? 
Oh, yeah. And look, I love De'Aaron Fox's game, and he is worthy of all-star, you know, all-star honors. But just as egregious was leaving out DeMontis Sabonis. He's averaging damn near a triple-double, 19 points, 13 rebounds, most in the NBA, and eight assists. He leads the NBA in double-doubles. He's second only to Nikola Jokic in uh, triple-doubles, which kind of fits, right, because he's kind of putting up baby Jokic numbers this year. Put him in over Carl Anthony Towns, who's got him on points, but is averaging five fewer rebounds, seven fewer assists, and is shooting worse from the three-point line. I don't understand. Maybe it's the Sacramento bias. I don't understand how you leave both of these guys All right. off so the you have star. Paul George out, and, and your other for, for Sabonis, would you have thrown out? Anthony Davis? Oh, for, for, I, I take Paul George out for De'Aaron Fox and then Carl Anthony, oh, Carl Anthony Towns, Towns out for Israel, did I, did I lose it? Did you not throw somebody out in the snub game? I think you forgot to throw somebody out <laughs> no, in the snub game. No, I didn't. Game. I, I was going to get oh, to oh, that. No, no, no. You already lost the game. Pablo Torre. That's the one I rule I like gave you, Israel. It was the one I, rule. I, I want to be Pablo. very clear about who I'm ejecting. I'm also throwing out Carl Anthony Towns. Sorry, Carl Anthony Towns. But Marcel mentioned a baby Jokic as a figure of speech not really appreciating that the baby Jokic actually exists, and that's the guy I want in the game. Alperen Sengun from the Rockets, okay? 21-9-5 is a stat line that only two players in the West are averaging. It is Jokic, it is Sengun. Oh. And I get that the Rockets are bad. I get that we're trying, to re we're trying to reward players on good teams as if we don't also care about entertainment value. To me, Sengun is the most entertaining big man to watch in the NBA who is currently healthy. And I would like him to play in this exhibition game, please. I was not seeing that. Mina Kimes, how about you? Such a hipster pick. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It's Trey Young, guys. <laughs> if we all know this is a popularity contest, right? And if the players vote, it proves that it's really the high school cafeteria of votes, then Trey Young is the kid who get, has to eat by himself in the library every year because it's really egregious. And so to, <laughs> about that player's vote, he finished 12th. 12. We're talking about a guy who's averaging 27 and 10 who leads the league in points created off of assists. You can say the team isn't good, but Steph's team isn't good either, so that's not disqualifying to me. There's something going on with Trey Young and the other players when it comes to these votes because I found this to be very egregious. And by the way, I would take Dame out and put him over Dame. And he was a starter. He was the starter over Jalen Brunson, which some people had. Israel, the one rule of the game. <laughs> I was waiting for the big reveal, Tony, and the big reveal is the guy that I would keep out of the game, <laughs> Steph Curry. Give me the 27-point-a-game point guard who is giving me fifth place in the standings and not 12th place in the standings. So, Steph Curry, sorry, you're out of this year's All-Star That's game. fine. Something that could have been said when we were playing the game. Pablo Torre, when we're playing the game. Who would you throw out for Singun? Carl Anthony Towns, again, sorry, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Taking a break here, buy or sell next. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. 
hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Joel Embiid announced meniscus injury. We're still awaiting word on the severity. But it's clear he will miss more games, and the MVP is now, for all accounts, out of the question. Sixers were able to win last night in Utah in the shootout. Again, Tyrese Maxey celebrating his all-star bid with 51 points. But the Sixers have been passed by New York and Cleveland just this week. They're the five seed now around the horn to Pablo Torre and how important the place in the standings is for the Sixers as they navigate life without Embiid for a bit. Yeah, there's a relatively new dynamic here, Tony, in the NBA. You just want to be a top six seed to avoid the play-in tournament, right? The whole thing with Embiid is that you want to minimize the games, the mileage he has to play, so more games is bad. So what does that mean? It means you're going to do this delicate dance where the guy who has 35, 11, and 6, a stat line un unseen in the, the NBA, um, the MVP is not going to be the MVP, but he might just be healthy enough to make a run past the second round. That is still the dream, still the hope, still the torture for anybody investing. Marcel Louis-Jacques, does seeding matter for Philadelphia? Not as much as having their players healthy. I think the advantage of playing at home is completely wiped out if you're having to do so without probably the best player in the NBA right now. I'm a little concerned about what Philadelphia is going to do defensively. Mo Bamba obviously came up big the other night, but they're averaging 170, 117 points allowed per game without Joel Embiid playing. That's going to be a problem come playoff time. But I think it's a big moment for Tyrese Maxey. You know, he's the star. He is the centerpiece. Come playoff time, they're going to need that second star. Maxey's going to be ready. Pretty sweet to see the 51 from him last night. Israel Gutierrez? I mean, this has been the Philadelphia 76ers experience with Joel Embiid. Try to get him to the playoffs healthy instead of just holding together with athletic tape. And this year, more importantly, because he is so the center of this universe. Yes, Tyrese Maxey gets his, but if you watch them play, it is Joel Embiid getting every opportunity. And so if he is in a rhythm and feeling good going into the playoffs, he will be this 35 to 40 point a game beast and won't really panic if things go wrong because he knows it's on him. So they just need to get them healthy and whether they can uh, do it as a six seed five seed that's fine just stay out of the play-in they'll be okay Nina Kimes on the seeding how important yeah. is it health matters more than seeding I agree with everyone and what's concerning about MB not just his usage but this knee and we're waiting to hear the status of the injury it's the same one he had season-ending surgery on back in 2016. Yeah. So that would be deeply concerning to me. Marcel talked about the effect on defense, but on offense, when he's not playing, they score 10 points fewer per 100. So I, I, I'd be very worried if I was a Sixers fan, even with Maxi playing as well as he did. Fire sell too. The other result from last night, I want to get your take on. Lakers 114, Celtics 105. It was a stunner in Boston because L.A. was without LeBron and they were without Davis. Austin Reeves hit seven threes and said after the game, it was a show the world type game. The Celtics talked after the game too, and they said it was a good loss for them. Israel, could it be both? Could it be either? Could it be neither? 
I don't think the Celtics can get away with that because, yes, they've had a great home record, but they also just have some ghosts of some home playoff losses very recently that they really just can't say this is a throwaway game. To me, this was the Lakers player saying, hey, uh, you don't have LeBron James. You don't have Anthony Davis. Look what we can do. We can still be those guys next to those two superstars. You don't need to make all these trades. Austin Reeves, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince. Those guys are good enough to play around LeBron and AD, and that's what they should do. Kimes? I mean, I think it was last time I was on this show, or maybe a few weeks back, where we were talking about whether the Celtics would go undefeated at home. <laughs> Nobody said they would, to be clear. But uh, as, yeah, as he no, pointed this out, is, this is a stunner of a loss then. to the Lakers. As I think this is a referendum on them. The inability okay. to close out against inferior opponents shows the lack of a killer instinct. Pablo Torre? But I mostly see this as an audition by all of the guys on the Lakers who are not named LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, the trade deadline, we've seen the hourglass emoji. We've seen the cryptic messaging that's less cryptic now this deep into his career, LeBron's. And so, yeah, reminder, Austin Reeves is still good, but what else are they going to do to make LeBron actually a title contender? so Louis Jacques. I mean, I'm not listening to a team with title aspirations talk about, oh, we need to be humbled in February. Give me a break. (laughs) But for the Lakers, you hit 19 threes, and things like that are going to happen. Good for Austin Reeves. I'm not a believer that they're good without LeBron and AD, but last night was a good game. Buyer sell three, 49ers owner Jed York. Is he stirring it up a little bit the week before the Super Bowl? Let's take a listen. I mean, I remember Nick Bosa getting held on third long (laughs) and that not getting called. Mm-hmm. So that question was about what he remembers from the last 49ers Kansas City Super Bowl. Was he being cheeky? Was he stirring it up? Was he trying to get in the heads of referees going forward? Meet up fair or foul? Yeah, I'm taking option C. This isn't about the past. It's about the fact that these Chiefs' offensive tackles in the present hold, and they want that in the minds <laughs> okay. of the rest. We are watching them. So, I'm telling you, teams do this. All right, so you do believe there's something to saying it out loud, giving it oxygen, and having referees thinking about it a week in advance? Okay. I do. Israel, how about you? I agree with Mina there, but I also think there's something to how painful that loss is. I mean, you give up 21 points to the Chiefs in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. You're already talking about that game that happened, and your team just came back in the second half to make the Super Bowl. You should still be riding that high. Instead, no. It's about oh, he was. In, in fairness, he was asked specifically about that game. So he was talking about the past for a reason to answer the question. Marcel Louis-Jacques, how about you? I mean, he was extremely held, so I don't blame Chad York mm. for still being mm. bothered by Kansas it. Kansas City fans don't think players so. Love to say, I think Fisher's feet were moving, <laughs> and that was okay. 24, uh, players love to say there's a 24-hour rule after every loss, every win. That does not apply in Super Bowls, especially when you win in that or lose in that fashion. It's fair and play. Tori, fair play. Nick Bosa is also saying this. And by the way, to meet his point, the Chiefs led the league in offensive holding penalties. This is not just... Bitterness, it's also gamesmanship, exactly as fair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Obligatory. We can start right now. Mina Kimes, Marcel Louis Jacques. That'll be our showdown next. The Knot is where you'll find vendors for every wedding. Floral to fawn over. Cakes you almost don't want to cut. Oh, it looks so good. DJs to drop it to. Venues worthy of your grid. Photographers that make every hour golden hour. Really, vendors for any vibe. With the help of fresh reviews and a few useful filters, you can find your vendors faster than you can say, I do. The Knot Vendor Marketplace. Find vendors for every wedding at thenot.com slash audio. 
This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thanks. Being a Kimes, Marcel Louis Jacques, good luck in showdown. A baseball trade is showdown one. Corbin Burns is an Oriole. Baltimore trading for the Cy Young winner from three years ago. Didn't have to give up any of their super prospects. Milwaukee parting ways with their ace. It's a trade between division winners weeks before spring training. Marcel, what does it mean? Well, it's a one-year rental for Burns, but this is a 101-win team adding a bona fide ace. Their rotation gave up 13 earned runs and eight innings pitched last postseason. Mm. They're all in in 2024. Mina? Yeah, I love this for Baltimore. I am befuddled uh, on behalf of Milwaukee because, as you mentioned, they won the division. The NL NL Central is winnable again, yet you're trading away a top-10 pitcher? It doesn't Mm. matter. Your fuddling is befuddling to me. I saw this one coming. Marceau had the stats. He'll get the point. We'll move on. Pro Bowl skills competition was last night. NHL All-Star skills competition is tonight. So I'm looking for a most useful skill, let's say. All right? Last night with football, we were looking at the log snapping from Jason Kelsey. He got it through that tiny hole. Took about a million attempts. Miles Killebrew was catching punts while holding five footballs. Puka Nakua catching ball while wakeboarding. There's some dodgeball skills as well. For the hockey, they're doing all the skills you would expect, but there's a million dollars on the line. That's a pretty useful skill. Mina, what's the most useful skill you're seeing here? I got to go with Miles Killebrew. As you mentioned, Kelsey, it took a bunch of tries. I think the wakeboarding catch was almost more about Jimmy Clausen having to hit the throw. Um, but Miles <laughs> Killebrew was, he got my vote for all pro precisely because of what you saw there, which is he is a clutch returner. He has amazing hands. Marcelo Jacques. That was definitely the most impressive moment, the way he just transferred the ball from hand between his legs and still caught it with one hand. But I got to go with Puka Nakua because, one, it's hard to catch a ball from Jimmy Clausen, and, two, Yo! it's hard to wait for it. Puka managed to do both. Wow. Marcel Louis shocked. I don't <laughs> Take the FaceTime, man. You brought the heat today. I'll say that much. 30 seconds to Marcel. Uh, Dolphins Challenge Cancer is a fundraiser put on by the Miami Dolphins. It's a bike ride and a 5K number one fundraiser in the NFL, raising $10 million for cancer research in 2023. More than $64 million since 2010 was once run by former VP of Community Affairs Jason Jenkins, who tragically died in 2022. Now it's run by his wife, Elizabeth, and Dolphins linebacker Jalen Phillips. Register at dolphins.donordrive.com. That's outstanding, Marcel. Wonderful, wonderful job there. And that's our Pablo. show today, although Pablo decided not to show up for uh, for showdown. Hello, Pablo. As the person who has hosted the second most episodes of Around the Horn over you the last 20 so years, good right now. it is my duty to inform America that I smell okay, but that Tony Reale, on this day 20 years ago, started hosting this program. So, Tony Reale, this is your life. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, I remember that one. Get the hair. That's when I started growing the beard. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I look like. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yes, oh. yes, Sarah! Oh, we, I miss Sarah so much. Uh, yes, yes, that's what it's going to be. A cyborg because of you, Pablo. Thank you. Mm. Uh, um, you know, it's a privilege, of course. And I, I can mention absolutely every one of you by name. I'm not going to do that. But thank you very much. 20 years, on to the next 20. But I've learned the most important thing in all of television, and that's this. To... <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.